The man before me is nothing but a man of stature. He joined the bar in 1995 and, has, and took up silk in the year 2000. Not only that, he has acted as a judge of the High Court for 19 weeks since the year 2000. The man before me um, started his LLB degree at uh, Robben Island and then thereafter, after he was released, he continued through UNISA. Not only that, the man before me is, was a Dalmas trialist. Today, he is before us as the 2017 Chief Justice of the Sabwell Human Rights Court. We've got Baba Klinama Lindi before us. Thank you so much for being a part of, of our initiative. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And this year, as you've acted for all the several, um, several months on the bench, this year, um, since the year 2000, is that correct? 2010. 2010. Yes. This year you are acting as our uh, Chief Justice of the Savile Human Rights Court. Yes. Thank you so much again for being a part of this. Now, it's been 21 days since the signing of the Constitution. Do you think we are where we are supposed to be or where, where we want to be? It is a question that has been asked on the uh, days uh, towards the celebration of the 21 years since the signing of our constitution uh, because there is a lot of skepticism mm. uh, about whether the constitution or constitutionalism uh, in South Africa has achieved uh, what we believed it was going to achieve when we uh, adopted it and it was signed in 1996 by our first state president Mandela. Um, uh, my answer to your question is that um, despite the skepticism 21 years later uh, about whether the Constitution has served the majority of the people is that uh, we should not um, condemn or discard the Constitution on the basis that 21 years down the line we still have the problems that we have, especially in regard to socioeconomic rights. What we need to do is now to reflect on how the Constitution can be made better mm. to deliver on its promises and how governance can be made better to use the Constitution as a tool to achieve those objectives. I, I hear you. But my next question then, I think, is a follow-up, is how do we bring the Constitution to the ordinary man? How do we move it from it being a, sh a book in the shelf or something, a rumor that people know about? How do we bring it back to the ordinary person and make it easily accessible? It's a two-process um, situation. Firstly, is the physical bringing of the constitution to all the citizens so mm. that they can read it mm. uh, and understand it mm. and the value of that will be that they would know what their rights are and they can assert their rights um, by knowing what their constitutional provisions are. Mm. However, there is a second stage that needs to be embarked on uh, because 
those people whose rights have been trampled upon uh, for decades and centuries uh, do not have the resources to assert their rights by using the constitution mm. uh, which requires formal proceedings either before courts or before some of the chapter 9 institutions such as the South African Human Rights Commission, Commission. Uh, the Commission for Gender Equality, etc. So there is a cost to asserting one's rights. What needs to be done therefore is that the state uh, should ensure that people attain those rights without having to fight for them through these institutions. Mm. So we need to ensure that our state of governance uh, delivers to the people what the constitution promises. Because once the people see the benefits of freedom, then there will not be all the skepticism about whether the constitution is worth the paper that it is written on. Yes. Now, consciousness. What does consciousness mean to you? And what is consciousness in light of transformation? Um, section 1 of our constitution sets out what our national consciousness should be. Uh, we should all embrace the values of equality, um, human, human rights, uh, non-racism, non-sexism. Mm. So that is the consciousness that every South African citizen should have. In fact, that should be the consciousness of the world. Mm. But once we have that cons consciousness, it means equality should not just be equality in terms of Section 9 of the Constitution. It should be substantive equality. Mm. It means that um, uh, a person in Sibukeng um, or Guatema uh, or Kukuletu or Tipsluot should have access or as much access to water as I do living in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg. It means that a person who has the ability to grow their own food has as much access to land to do that for themselves and their communities um, as much as a commercial farmer anywhere else has. So that consciousness requires that those with resources must know that in order to achieve what the constitution promises there must be a sharing, mm. at least equitable sharing, of the resources of the country. I think this brings up my next question. Um, when it comes to transformation, do you think it should be radical or it should be progressive? Because there are various interests to be considering. Um, there are the one school of thought that says it's radical, mm. it might disadvantage the haves, for example, and it, it might be abrupt. But then those that say it's progressive, then they argue that it's too slow and it's not getting to, to what the constitution was intended for, or the equality that the constitution had provided is not achieved in this generation, maybe in 30 generations from now. 
I don't know if you understand my question. I do. Uh, that brings me to my reflections on the 21 years of the Constitution, uh, which is that um, the Constitution, if I have to fault it, um, entrenched the rights of the herbs. Mm. So if you have property, it's your property and it can only be taken away from you through the processes in section 25 of the constitution. So it means those without uh, access to property must wage a new fight in order to have a fair share of land or other property, whether it's mineral rights, water, and other such uh, means of living. Which we just discussed that it is expensive as well is to it? make sure that you enforce those rights. It is expensive mm. as well. So that's my criticism. So change should have been radical in 1994, but I understand and accept that it could not be radical. The constitution and the drafters of the constitution and then put the clauses uh, in many of the um, socio-economic rights that we say must be attained by everyone by saying they would be made progressively available to uh, everyone. Mm -hmm. And 21 years down the line, we know that there's still a hunger for land, there's still a, a hunger for access to other resources. Mm -hmm. So progressive attainment of rights uh, and dangerous constitutionalism. Because if the constitution and uh, the country does not deliver um, on those aspirations of the people, the constitution will not survive because it can only survive by acceptance of it by the vast majority of the people who cast votes and usually in times of distress they will cast their votes in favor of people who will trash the constitution so the long and short of it um, I will I am a proponent for radical transformation because we now believe that all South Africans embrace the values in our constitution, especially in section one thereof, mm. uh, continuing into the Bill of Rights in general. Now, when it comes to the concept of Vogu Zenzele, what is your view of that Vogu Zenzele in light of transformation, in light of the constitution mm. in its entirety? What, 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 what do you think about Vogu Zenzele? Vogu Zenzele is a universal concept mm. that uh, citizens of a country through their own endeavors must make their lives better. Uh, the state should facilitate their ability to do so and the state should make resources available to citizens to Vogu Bazenzele mm. uh, and learn to do things for themselves because citizens should not expect to be spoon-fed uh, by the state. 
and the concept of Vuguzenzele is not uh, an only a South African concept or a concept of Ubuntu. Uh, the famous quotation of JFK, uh, Kennedy, um, uh, was when he said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. So when we say, it just means that with enough facilitation on the part of government yes. to enable us to do things for ourselves, we will be able to do so. I agree. And then maybe my second last question is, how do we create opportunities for the youth? Maybe, maybe the question is broad, how do we create opportunities for the youth? Maybe I should hone in on you as well and say, how do you specifically propose that you um, create opportunities for the youth? And how do you propose that people should be co uh, creating opportunities for the youth? Because, I mean, just to, to go on to that, um, as you s correctly stated that before um, you need that assistance or the facilitation rather mm -hmm. from the state. So now I'm asking you from a sort of personal level, um, your personal life and um, from in a broad perspective, how do we uh, create opportunities for the youth? Um, I practice law and my dedication in, in this profession is to impart the knowledge that I have acquired. It was not easy, it has become easier. And it has become easier for me to impart that knowledge to young people who want to enter the profession. And that will, I'm now the facilitator mm. that I say the state should be mm. to facilitate uh, the uh, imparting knowledge to young professionals in law so that when they come into this profession they are not only well read on the law but they can practice law mm. and there are opportunities in law and there is a lot of work to go around for lawyers however uh, a lot of young entrants into the profession um, are, so to speak, disabled by the lack of skill and mentoring. Mm. And uh, I personally spend a lot of my time mentoring uh, young entrants. And I think it's something that should happen in all professions. Mm. And we must realize that we are not exonerating the state. Uh, we are doing things for ourselves. Mm. And once we are able to do things for ourselves, it will be much easier for us to use our ability to do those things to get the state interested. In fact, to get the state to want to compete with us yes. in doing exactly that. So if the state in our education system fails to produce artisans and engineers, we must have people who have those skills producing those artisans and engineers outside of the state um, system, the state will get jealous and want 
to take over those projects. Yes, yes. Now, um, again, we thank you for being a part of, of our initiative. But I would like to know, what are your thoughts of, of the initiative from today, from the moot court competition to, to, to sort of what Savo stands for? What are your thoughts on it? It's a brilliant uh, concept by the South African Black Women in Law. Um, it addresses one of the disadvantages that are um, experienced by women in particular mm. and in certain professions in particular like law and medicine um, and other similarly male-dominated uh, professions. And today's exercise was not only beneficial to the young people who are participating in it, but it also helps me to be a better teacher because mm. I can see where my short uh, falls are, shortcomings in teaching, and so we both benefit. Mm. And I believe today it was a setting that is real for someone who mm. wants to be in court. Yes, and so all these. Um, young people who were here, young attorneys, pupils and candidate attorneys and practitioners of some level of seniority have had an experience of how a court functions. It approximates the real setting in court and I believe that each and every one of them when they appear in court on a formal brief they would acquit themselves better than if they had not been at the seminar. I hear you. So this means that um, we'll be seeing you again next year, right? Definitely. Um, <laughs> when it comes to advocacy training, um, that is a role that I intend playing in the profession. So you definitely will see me next year. Thank you so much. It has only been a pleasure. Hey? Thank you very much. Thank you again for honoring our invitation. Thank you for inviting Thank me. Thank you.